Have you ever thought of how you can get involved in developing technologies? Or maybe thinking of new innovative ways to give back to your community? Hi, I'm Dylan Drake, the Advanced Manufacturing Product Manager for Phillips Federal, and your host for the Tech Shift Podcast. Our guest, Rob Gorham, will most definitely spark creative ideas and opportunities that I'm positive will spur future success. Rob is the Executive Director of the Secure America Institute for the Texas A&M Engineering Experiment Station, or TEAS for short, where he's responsible for the development and execution of strategic manufacturing initiatives. In this episode, we discuss hypersonics, economic development, and a plethora of many other topics. So buckle up, get ready, and let's jump on in. Welcome to the Tech Shift Podcast, Rob. Thank you very much. Happy to be here. Ooh, it's been uh, it's been a long time coming, and uh, we've definitely had quite a few different conversations in the past. But uh, how are you doing, man? How's everything going? Oh, it's awesome. You know, I was so blessed to get a chance to spend uh, six years or so. Uh, working on America Makes, trying to advance the state of 3D printing across the country. And that really allowed some interesting perspectives to kind of creep into the way I just look at life in general. One, it reinforced for me personally how important manufacturing is to the future um, economic health and sort of strategic positioning uh, uh, that the U.S. has. Uh, and, and, I, and I got really um, excited about the opportunity to come to A&M and, and really try to build out um, a manufacturing initiative that leverages the strengths of the whole system, which is extremely large, complex system that, that we can talk about if, if you're interested in that, but, but for the state of Texas. And, and I think that's so exciting. And I've just got a rejuvenated sense of sort of enthusiasm and passion. And I um, can't wait to talk about that with you. Yeah, we're really looking forward to it. So I, I knew that uh, Tease, the Tease program has a lot of different facets and different branches or roots, if you will, that you're, you're really largely a part of. I guess, what are some of the things that are on the horizon for this year and the upcoming years uh, for the program? Well, the Texas A&M Engineering Experiment Station is a research and development agency. Uh, they've been around for over 105 years. And what a lot of people don't realize is that the Texas A&M Engineering Experiment Station is one of eight state agencies within the Texas A&M University system. Uh, the system is a very large, complex network of 11 universities, a, a health science center, and these eight state agencies that comprise an annual budget of uh, close to $10 billion. And, and I bring that up because TEAS gets the benefit of uh, being able to leverage and, and, and take best practices and really expertise across that huge ex- dynamic network. Um, which I think is really incredibly uh, rewarding. Uh, Tease has got very, very strong um, activities going on in hypersonics, Mm -hmm. um, national security. Uh, We're doing some really interesting things right now in manufacturing. Um, And that's what my focus is, is on manufacturing. And so we we think about what the university does more in in the basic science of manufacturing, Mm-hmm. materials for next generation, uh, ground, uh, air, sea vehicles, um, new materials for extreme environments. Um, how do we make, you know, a convergence between advanced robotics and 3D printing a reality? Mm-hmm. 
And at the university level, they're doing a, a bunch of great work. But, but my job at T specifically is on applied. It's all about the integration of multiple manufacturing processes, looking at how to demonstrate and scale really with application in mind. And so that's, that's what's kind of going on, you know, with T's. Certainly, you know, being so large, um, there's a whole lot more than just that going on. But the interests mostly, I think, for, for what we're going to talk about today are some of the work in the hypersonics, some of the work in workforce is another area we're very, very involved with, the manufacturing workforce, and then just the manufacturing scale up um, and the integration of multiple processes, I think, are really interesting right now. Well, that's a whole lot on your plate. So uh, I guess kind of uh, some of the uh, the key words I was hearing is, uh, like you said, hypersonics and material development. What are some of the things that you currently have going on right now that's in the pipeline for that? Well, the the, um, the, the T's won um, about a year ago out of the Joint um, Hypersonic Technology Office, a program called UCA, and that stands for the University Consortium for Applied Hypersonics. And the whole idea there is, look, there's a lot of work going on in hypersonic vehicle design and manufacturing test across the broader US landscape. But there's no real single place to kind of bring all these things together and operate in more like a consortium fashion. And so that's what the Yucca has, is doing. Um, I'm not directly involved in Yucca, um, but what we are doing is, is trying to, to glean insights from when a university project because it's, again, University Consortium for Applied Hypersonics. When a university project starts working its research and they're looking at, you know, a new wing uh, to drive certain aerodynamic performance in a certain way, or they're looking at, you know, boundary layer conditions, uh, what do we need to start thinking about in terms of scalability, the manufacturing process? And so that, that's how we're trying to connect with the Yucca. Um, because it's such a large hundred million bucks over, you know, four or five years is a lot of money. And because there's so much happening there, uh, we, we are um, very intentionally trying to stay included and, and engaged with, with their advancements, but they're only a year in, they don't have any completed research projects at the moment. So we're kind of standing by at the ready uh, to accept the advancements in research, but with a eye towards how do we start scaling the manufacturability of the solutions that come out of the Yucca. Nice. And is that mostly manufacturing within the state of Texas? It's not necessarily meant to be in within just the state of Texas. Mm -hmm. uh, certainly the state of Texas has, uh, we lead in aerospace manufacturing, uh, actually in a, in a big way. Um, and, but the T's mission is not just for the state. Since we're chartered as an agency to work as a state agency, there's huge emphasis on the state, but in our charter, it talks about the nation and it uses words state and nation. It says economic development of the state and nation. And so we are always thinking about the larger uh, connection between what the state of Texas is capable of doing and where we're growing relative to the rest of the country. Wonderful. So I guess, where do you see uh, T's being a major role or, or, or a major player within the hypersonics community? You know, I think for us, you know, as a state agency, getting to operate as a kind of independent, not, you know, uh, independent, unbiased convening authority. Mm -hmm. I think T's is, is best positioned uh, to be able to, to bring together what is happening across the country. Certainly A&M, just like every other a university has got world-class national academy member 
sort of represented research capabilities. Right. Um, and, and, but someone's got to take all of that stuff and put it in the middle of the table and start showing how these pieces connect. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, I think, what is unique about what we bring uh, to tease. And so, uh, like I mentioned earlier, we're, we're going to advance state of the research by doing research, but so will everyone else. But the specific role for tease is to operate the consortium to try to bring clarity, not too dissimilar from your experience working inside of Manufacturing USA Institutes, for example. Mm-hmm. That's wonderful. So you're, you're really kind of bringing everyone and all the smartest minds together and kind of figuring out a roadmap of success. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And across, you know, lots of different um, areas that, that I, you know, I said it, it has workforces involved. Um, you know, even when you start looking at national policy, while the UCA is not going to go try to solve policy issues, what it's going to do is inform policy issues. And I'm actually having some discussions now with policymakers, um, with different offices within the Department of Defense that are going to be looking for um, output, outcomes, different sort of perspectives that the UCA can ultimately bring to the table into their decision-making processes. So that I think that's another interesting sort of variable that the, the UCA is going to be able to uh, uh, to be a part of. But I'll tell you what, you know, for those that are interested, um, I strongly uh, encourage you to, to go check out um, the, the Yucca. So if you if you do just a quick Google search on Yucca, uh, you'll you'll see that it's called the um, hypersonics.tamu.edu. As the Yucca, you can go there. Again, it's hypersonics.tamu.edu. And you can sign up. You can sign up as an individual uh, and be part of the Yucca and start getting information about what's happening and project calls and meetings and convenings and different newsletter options and things like that. So it'd be a good place for, for your listeners to go check out. Yeah, that's that's great. Uh, So kind of speaking of, you know, getting involved, you and I have had multiple conversations in the past and something that is really near and dear to my heart on, you know, really helping the surrounding communities within the the state of Texas. And uh, I just wanted to kind of bring this up and and see how, how's this going? Uh, Where, where's the Rio Grande Valley at in in this collaboration? And then kind of how, how is Tease getting involved within the surrounding communities? Yeah, well, I'm going to start off by answering that by giving just a little bit of a, of a background in uh, May of 2020, right in the middle of COVID, it was actually May 29th, believe it or not. um, Tease decided to, um, recommend to our board of regents the creation of a new institute called the Secure America Institute. And the reason that's important is because we set out to galvanize a community. And it was very intentional, we use the word community, to to develop uh, dynamic U.S. manufacturing supply chains. And we always wanted to, to do that at the intersection of technology, workforce development, economics, and policy. So our whole idea has been for the last two years how do we make sure that we can start addressing and impacting community? Because the, lear- the lessons I learned while at America Makes were that if you advance the technology, but the community is not accepting it, not just individual companies, but the community in general, and you don't become part of the economic development fabric of that community, the true chance of transition is pretty slim. And, and that's why, for example, last year, we put in a proposal to the uh, Defense Manufacturing Community Support Program called DMCSP as part of the Department of Defense's OLDCC, Office of Local Defense Community Cooperation, to do exactly what we just 
describe to you. And that is to build community in our area of aerospace manufacturing in Texas and the future of smart manufacturing in Texas. And what we did through that was that we highlighted a certain region. And that region was the Texas Triangle, which makes up North Texas, which is the Dallas-Fort Worth area. The Gulf Coast, which is the Houston area. And Central Texas, which is Austin slash San Antonio. And that area is 35 counties, but we didn't just stop there. We actually went down the entire Gulf Coast and then included the Rio Grande Valley, the southern tip of Texas. And we went, by the way, 75 miles inward. And all of that is what we are referring to as our sort of initial target region with which we intend to build manufacturing community and excellence in aerospace and smart manufacturing. Certainly across the state, there are other great, great organizations, initiatives, and we're not going to ignore those. We just had to start somewhere. But that community, believe it or not, Dylan, that a lot of people don't realize, uh, represents um, about 17% of the total U.S. manufacturing investment by the Department of Defense. That's a lot. Mm-hmm. And the reason we picked aerospace, which I think your listeners might be interested in knowing, is that the Department of Defense inside the USA every year spends about half a billion dollars. $495 billion is what they spend, or at least that's what they spent last year. 60% of that they spend in aerospace manufacturing. And the reason that that's interesting is because the state of Texas does close to a billion dollars $100 billion of that $500 billion, we do about 20% of the entire U.S. defense spend, with almost 90% of that being in aerospace. So you can quickly see that if we do 20% of the overall defense spending, and 90% of that is aerospace, and it was inside that region I just described, it made a lot of sense for us to focus on that. Right. So again, our objective is to grow community in aerospace manufacturing and specifically the use of smart manufacturing technologies. And the Rio Grande Valley is going great. Um, So is the other areas that I had just mentioned. It's starting off, we're progressing and Mm -hmm. we're really working hard to to have the community stakeholders, you know, embrace the mission and Mm -hmm. sort of rally behind what the, the objectives we're trying to accomplish. I think that's amazing, especially kind of given the uh, the history of Texas. We ha- like Texas has the talent and you know, the know how for this type of manufacturing, and I think it's wonderful that you know you're really capitalizing on what is already there, but has has potentially or in the past has been kind of moved away in other areas of the world. Yeah, well, that's right. Here, here's here's a little factoid for you that I think again most people just don't realize, but. If the Texas manufacturing economy was a standalone uh, economy, uh, it would actually represent the ninth largest economy in the world. Um, it's the second um, large. It's the second largest uh, U.S. manufacturing uh, economy, uh, and we actually employ close to a million folks across twenty-five thousand manufacturing firms in Texas. So, even though over the last twenty years you've seen a lot of manufacturing moving offshore. Mm-hmm. 
we're in a perfect position for what you hear a lot of people talking about, which is close shoring or near shoring or friend shoring or reshoring. Uh, we're situated in a great spot to help uh, lead, I think, uh, in some of those initiatives, simply because we, we didn't ever lose the DNA uh, right. of manufacturing in the state of Texas. And so we're excited about uh, what the opportunity ahead is. We're excited that Tease gets to play a part of that. Again, as a state agency, a lot of people, you know, when they say, Rob, you work for AM, that's so cool. What do you teach? Because they immediately assume that when you work for Maroon and White, you're part of the university. Right. And, and that's, that's the nuance that I think is so incredibly rewarding and gratifying is to be part of a state agency that gets to do something different. Certainly mm -hmm. the, the teaching aspect and building the, the, the future success of the students getting into industry and the faculty contributions are incredibly important. But so is this other role that Tease gets to play that, that I get to be a part of. Right. I think it's, like you said, extremely important to understand that, you know, what you're doing is not only improving technology and, and manufacturing, but it's also improving the lives of all these people within these areas as well. Yeah, that's right. Um, we, we talk a lot about trajectory uh, inside my group. And when we talk about why do we care about, for example, 3D printing? Why do we care about augmented reality or virtual reality or machine learning or artificial intelligence? Why do we care about when we say things like worker pipeline and getting employees put into a position where they're contributing in a better way inside these different industry partners? Well, in a lot of cases, Dylan, it's because everyone's trying to make themselves the best that they can be and take what they grew up in or in some cases as a first generation, you know, worker because of someone who's moved to, to Texas or even to the U.S., change family trajectory. And, and that's a very important part of it. See, the use of these advanced processes gives so many people opportunities to, to, to change their lives. And, and that's another thing we think about. When you get to the human element of this kind of stuff, Dylan, to be honest with you, I think that's where it gets really exciting. Right. Uh, we're always going to go make advancements. Uh, mm -hmm. We're always going to do research, but man, if you can get people to believe in what we're doing is impacting people, it gets people really excited. And by the way, I'm sure you know this, and I'm sure your listeners know this, and I'm sure many of your other guests are going to say similar things. Today's generation of worker, they want to be tied to something that means something to them. Right. They don't want to come in, punch a clock, go home and rinse and repeat and do that every day. They, they want to feel like they've got an identity that's related to something that is impactful. And this is another way of thinking about it. It's, it's, it's good. That's amazing. I think, you know, listening to, you know, the, the innovation and the, I guess the push that Tease is being really like a part of and, and the community involvement and, you know, improving the life structure of many people within the, you know, the, te the state of Texas. Um, I think it's really good and, and really exciting and important to, you know, understand how and who should be you know joining or how do how do how does the public um i guess go into joining the texas a&m engineering experiment station yeah so you know we we talk about our stakeholder pinwheel a lot mm -hmm. um, around here and we've kind of defined our different stakeholders as academia in general or other er education workforce development organizations we talk a lot about other federally sponsored initiatives like Manufacturing USA. Certainly, we can't forget about the Manufacturing Extension Partnerships. 
Uh, that's a program that's run out of the Department of Commerce focused on small business outreach. But then there's technology integrators, there's original equipment manufacturers, there's small and medium-sized manufacturers, there's economic development corporations, and there's state, local, federal government. All of those folks have a role to play when trying to advance the state of manufacturing in, inside of, of Texas, but, but more broadly, the, the country. Tease as an agency is not something that someone joins per se, but when we established the Secure America Institute, which you can go to secureamerica.us and see this, we are allowing people to, to formally request membership into the SAI so that they can be a formally connected partner with the manufacturing initiative that TEAS is trying to drive forward. And so SAI is kind of our consortium. It's, a, it's the way we hold our partnerships and relationships together. We've built the operating plans and the model to do that. The dissemination mechanisms like newsletters or you know other ways to to work with us as part of you know advancing the research or workforce agenda so that would be my recommendation um i'm not trying to hard sell sai on anyone if but if there is a, a desire to be part of either the the tadamic program the texas defense aerospace manufacturing community program that i mentioned earlier the sai is the perfect place to to become part of those types of initiatives Wonderful. And I, I think it's, uh, again, I think it's extremely important what you're doing and, and, and how you're helping the communities and how you're also, you know, helping uh, push along these uh, innovations and in technology, whether that be in traditional manufacturing and or added manufacturing or advanced manufacturing. These are all really important topics that I feel like, you know, are, are, are very much buzzwords, um, but not a lot of people are out there pushing this like you are. So I do appreciate you and your time and uh, everything that you're doing for the state of Texas and the surrounding areas. Yeah, absolutely, Dylan. There, there's something else that I think your listeners might be interested in that um, it's kind of eye-opening, to be honest with you. We partnered with Deloitte a year ago or so, and what we did was we looked across uh, China Germany, USA, and Texas. And we surveyed and got thousands and thousands of results back on this. We surveyed people around 5G, Internet of Industrial Things, additive manufacturing, cloud-based computing, machine learning, robotics process automation, AI, artificial intelligence, virtual and augmented reality and blockchain. And the question specifically was trying to get at what we call the fear index. And that is how willing are people to accept the benefit that these technologies will play in their lives. And that's important because if you don't trust that something like a robot is going to help you in your life, whether that be contributing to making manufacturing better or something else that a robot mm -hmm. might do for you, perhaps you're not going to embrace it. So we talk a lot in our industry, don't we, Dylan, about technology transition and the valley of death. Right. We often don't talk about perception of technology and the impact that plays on crossing the valley of death. And those, the results were staggering. Uh, it said almost 90% of everyone surveyed believe that the deployment will change the basis of competition. But what it showed was Texas and the USA were extremely lagging. I'm talking like 20 basis points, sometimes at close to 30 basis points relative to China. And that's interesting 
right? Mm -hmm. Because it says we've got a lot of work to do just inside our own country as we continue to work across the rest of the world with our partners across the rest of the world to change the perception of these advanced manufacturing processes inside our own country. So that's something that's interesting. So that's another thing that I think is important that we're working to do. The research agenda we have put in place, and we've done, I don't know, probably close to $30 million of, of research over the last two years. It's all cool stuff. And all of that's published and you can go see it on our website. But this kind of thing that I'm talking about now is it's hard, hard, hard stuff. And it's, and we can't do it alone, you know? So for your listeners, you know, how might you contribute to advancing the state of manufacturing in the USA? Uh, how might your role inside your own organization um, allow for the engagement uh, on this conversation uh, to, to help, you know, U.S.-based manufacturing competitiveness? Again, not saying that we can't partner with, with friendly countries all around the world because we depend on that. Right. But I think for the health and state of advanced manufacturing in general, it is important to have a strong U.S. manufacturing capability. And that would be something that I think perhaps we could leave as a challenge statement, right, to those that, that are listening uh, around getting involved, paying back, contributing. All of that stuff, I think, is, is part of, of what I like to wake up every day and think I'm doing. And hopefully your listeners will, will, will feel the same way. Well, wonderful. I, I do appreciate that. And I think everyone can walk away from here, uh, at least understanding or, or, or taking that challenge statement to heart. And uh, at least on my end, I do know that it, it is very important to understand. And I know that coming from traditional manufacturing and kind of dipping my toe into added manufacturing about 10 years ago, you know, it was something that is definitely, you know, it's, it, it's quite, uh, wouldn't say fearful, but more lately, there's a lot of unknowns, right? So there's, there's a lot of things that many people think that, you know, a new technology is going to end up, you know, transitioning out old, which in a lot of cases, that's not the case. They, they're, they're mostly uh, more collaborative technologies that come together that, you know, produce better product. And I think if, if we can kind of change the tide of those mindsets of innovation with new technologies is producing better, better product and a better outcome and a better lifestyle for our public, that's whenever we start seeing a, a, a really good innovation, not only in technology, but, you know, uh, lifestyle as well. Yeah, you're spot on. That's, that's the dream, Dylan. The dream is that because manufacturing has such an incredible multiplier, um, and it's not, it's not an unknown thing that when you spend money in manufacturing, what it does to the broader economy. Mm -hmm. uh, for those that haven't checked that out, if you go to nam.org, the National Association of Manufacturers, they've got a really great fact section. And it talks about that. And it talks about when a strong economy or your hometown's doing great, people get up rejuvenated and excited because they see thriving commerce, right? Not boarded up buildings. And manufacturing contributes to that kind of thing. And that that's the stuff that uh, will make uh, the American dream continue to be a reality for so many people. So yeah, I would, I would highly recommend everyone check out nam.org facts about manufacturing. If, if you're not familiar with that and really pay attention to what the benefit is so that you can get behind that, especially when you think about trying to guide young people, mm -hmm. Dylan, this is something else. I think a lot of people don't realize 
man, manufacturers right now are paying some great wages. Uh, we, we hear stories over and over and over again about um, the high schooler who was being put into a situation where they were pressured to go to college, but they just didn't feel like it was the thing for them because it's right. not for everyone. Mm-hmm. And they get out, they learn how to run a CNC machine and they're getting paid 80, 90 grand, sometimes a hundred grand or how to weld and they become an, a master weld welder. And all of a sudden they're finding themselves learning how to weld on exotic materials because SpaceX needs it down in the Rio Grande Valley. And they're making a, you know, a great wage. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's, that's the American dream, right? We want people to realize that, you know, manufacturing is not just coming and just turning cranks anymore. It's, it's advanced. It's clean. It's, it's smart. The future of manufacturing is going to be that no doubt. And, and so that's, that's another area that I think is going to contribute to everything you just described. Completely agree. And the, the youth of the nation and also the dabbling within manufacturing is definitely needed. And there's talents out there that are completely untapped. I feel like you and your organization, the rest of the organizations that you're collaborating with are really trying to promote that and get roots in the ground on this topic. So I do appreciate everything you're doing and I do appreciate your time. This has been a, an amazing conversation, Rob, and really looking forward to looping back with you here in the, in the foreseeable future and seeing, you know, what are the outcomes or some of the things that are happening in the communities and the new projects you're currently working on. So I do appreciate it, man. It's been good talking to you. And it's always it's always good kind of just pulling back the curtain on what, what is happening and uh, what's going on in the state of Texas and the surrounding areas. Yeah, Dylan, thank you so much for having me. It's all, it's always great talking to you as well. And anytime you want to chat about any of the specifics that we've got going on, or if you think there's a specific topic, um, we're, we're always happy to go there and we can go as deep and technical as you want, but we can stay uh, kind of high level like we've done today as well. So uh, it was great talking with you. Thank you very much. I appreciate it, man. Rob, you're the man. All right, Dylan. Thanks a bunch. Thank you. Thanks for joining us for another episode of the Tech Shift Podcast. If you would like more information regarding the Secure America Institute, we invite you to check out their webpage to see how you can get involved in future projects and daily innovation at secureamerica.us. This podcast is sponsored by Phillips Federal, the leader in the federal marketplace.